BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Heron, and I'm still recovering from seeing Brad Womack's quarantine beard. But we're going to get into the Bachelor goat a little later because I spoke to Bachelor legend Michelle Money. Michelle was on Brad's second season of The Bachelor, season 15, and then she was on Bachelor Pad, RIP, and season one of Bachelor in Paradise. We talked all about Brad's season and how Claire is going to be the Bachelorette and what she told Michelle right before she left for filming, how Michelle recovered from her quote-unquote villain edit, Michelle's current boyfriend, golfer Mike Weir, and of course her daughter Brielle's skateboarding accident and how she's doing so much better now. Michelle opened up about her recovery and how Bachelor Nation really rallied together for Brielle. But before, of course, we have some news to get to. So I have Us Weekly Associate Editor Nick Houtman here with me. Nick, have you recovered from seeing Colton Underwood with Lucy Hale yet? I have not. I don't think I ever will. Okay, me either. Because the other day, right after Us Weekly broke the news that Colton, former Bachelor, was dating again and was never going to get back with Cassie and moving on and ready for his new chapter... Just a few hours later, TMZ was on the case and they found Colton and Lucy Hale hiking together. A second source has now told us that Colton and Lucy have been hanging out casually, dating in a non-traditional way due to the pandemic, and Colton is really happy. What were your thoughts when you saw these pictures? Okay, so I don't know if I'm supposed to like share our internal reporting and the behind the scenes of everything, <laughs> but before these pictures came out, we had heard that he was going to be spotted with a woman. And, you know, I was kind of like, I was just expecting like a normal, not anyone like famous or like from Bachelor or anything. I just thought it was just going to be like, just a plain Jane, you know? (laughs) Right. Me too. So when I saw it was Lucy, I was like shook and I still am. Yeah. I think, you know, we had heard that the TMZ had photos of him that they were going to be running. We didn't know anything else. And when it was Lucy Hill, I was definitely taken back. I, I said before that I thought Cassie might date an actor or something because Her sister, Michelle, has been dating Greg Sulkin for so long, and she's kind of in that world. Colton, I imagined, would end up maybe, not end up with, because it's not, you know, he's not marrying Lucy Hale right now, at least. I thought he would kind of date someone, yeah, we didn't know. Someone we needed to do more of a five things to know about. Less of a bona fide star, Pretty Little Liars herself, a Pretty Little Plot Twist, as we like to call it. Right, exactly. I I could picture him having like a fling with just, again, like a plain Jane, like a regular person, and then ending up with maybe like an actress or an athlete or something. But for him to kind of jump from Cassie to Lucy Hale was kind of shocking, I thought. It definitely was shocking. We do know that Lucy Hale does watch The Bachelor. 
she is on that long list of celebrities who, you know, can't help but tune in every Monday. And two years ago or a year ago, whenever Colton was named The Bachelor, she did an interview and they asked her how she felt about Colton being The Bachelor. And she said, I'm super excited that he's The Bachelor. He's wholesome. He's a good guy, it seems. He's really beautiful to watch. So I guess Colton is definitely her type aesthetically. And we know Colton typically, besides Cassie, goes for a brunette. So this makes sense that way. I just, I, I can't imagine this would end up being like a long-term relationship situation, partly because of, you know, everything that's going on in the world and partly because he hasn't been broken up with Cassie that long. It's probably a rebound, but I'm intrigued by it and I don't necessarily hate it. I want to know like the origin of it. I'm sure it was probably a DM or something, but I want to know how they led to this. You know, were they talking for a while? Well, not a while because him and Cassie just broke up recently. Were they talking for like a few days at least? And then they kind of said like, hey, let's go for a hike or something. I don't know. It just feels very sudden and thrown in our face, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the TMZ photo is like blurry. So clearly they were probably trying to like run away. And Colton has like an awkward smirk on his face. I think he was like, oh boy. And Lucy Hales dealt with this for a long time. So I think right. she was just looking down. But there are certain reports that said they have mutual friends and other reports that said it was a DM thing. I don't think we figured out what's true yet. But I would, I could see a combo. Maybe they do since Colton has been around for a little bit now. And like we said, Greg Solkin is one of his friends who is dating Cassie's sister. Maybe there is like a connection there of mutual friends, but it's definitely a random one. So on one of the Bachelor Instagram fan pages that I follow, I saw that there was some kind of connection with Greg where he has a friend or someone who is dating one of Lucy's friends. Oh, I honestly don't remember exactly what the breakdown was, but like there was some kind of connection. So like part of me thinks that maybe that kind of led to this. I don't know. You know what else is interesting is that this is a deep cut, but Greg was on Wizards of Waverly Place. And so what, and he dated, he like dated Selena Gomez's character on that Disney show a million years ago, not in real life, her character. And in real life, David Henry, who played Selena Gomez's brother, dated Lucy Hale forever when they were filming that show. So maybe this is like a little Disney connection <laughs> bringing this all through. Two things that I love coming together in 2020. You always bring it back to Disney. <laughs> it's a very specific reference. So right. if it means nothing to, to the person listening, I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to put the pieces together. But I really do think all roads probably lead back to Greg Sulkin, but also makes me wonder because in Cassie's long, one of her many long breakup posts on Instagram, clapping back at people, she wrote, the people closest to us are probably shocked I've had to do this. So I wondered what that meant and if there was territory, if things happening like my friend now or you don't get to be in our inner circle or how that was going to work. And it would be very interesting if he actually played a part. And by the way, if you don't know who Greg Zolkin is, he's an actor and he was on Disney Channel and he was in that Marvel's Hulu show, The Runaways, and he's Google him. And yeah, I don't know. That would be very interesting to see how this plays out. We'll see. I think Colton now is back home and not even in California with Lucy Hale at the moment. So I don't, again, I don't think we need to start printing out save the dates, but we're, right. we're going to keep an eye on these two. I will say though, even though, even if he is dating someone, he has been posting a lot of thirst traps lately. I think his last like three Instagram posts were him shirtless, which I feel like he would post one here and there when he was with Cassie, but I feel like it's just been blowing up our feeds lately. So it's definitely single Colton, like in full, you know. <laughs> he's trying to, he's got his mojo back. I think that the two of them, Cassie and Colton, I think wanted their relationship to work so bad, partly because it's like a bachelor relationship and you don't want to be like another number to go in the failed column. But I just think that maybe they're both going to shine alone. 
I don't know. Now that she seemed I to calm down. down. She hasn't. I, what if she like posted a Pretty Little Liars meme or something? That would have been amazing. <laughs> like a gif of Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that A said that was like mean about Arya's character or like her character Arya. That would have been petty goals. But she seems to have gotten off Instagram in the sense of clapping back at everything Colton does. So these two have been quiet as far as their relationship front. Maybe Colton will get a another chapter added to his book, an additional one to the one about COVID and Cassie, and it'll be about Lucy Hale. We will find out. Two people that are happier than ever, Peter and Kelly. As I said before on this podcast, I'm sure I'll say again, the only people enjoying 2020 are Peter Weber and Kelly Flanagan. After they did this big interview with E.T., a source told us that Peter and Kelly are so cute together and in love. They're very affectionate and complimentary toward one another and happy in their relationship. They get along with each other's families so well and it just feels natural. They've seriously been talking about moving to NYC together and are excited about taking these next steps and their future. So I watched their interview with ET and it was interesting because Peter did finally kind of say for the first time, I'm still making it up to her that I didn't pick her and our love story can be awkward at times, but we're in love and we've moved on and they were very gushy and told the story about how he gave her a ring from a gumball machine and, you know, all that stuff. Then, of course, you got Barb, who's still giving interviews, talking to Life and Style about when she thinks they're going to get engaged. She says they're taking it day by day. They're enjoying each other's company and getting to know each other more. When that day comes, I'll let you know. So Barb has seemingly inked an exclusive with Life and Style. Right. For the engagement. It's already set in stone. Yeah, she's probably given Peter one of her old rings to get resized for Kelly. We saw him spending time with her family also in the last couple weeks at a golf course. One, are you surprised that these two, it wasn't and didn't end up just being like a fling after, you know, he picked her, she was came in fifth place. And now that we know they're serious, when do you think we might get this engagement ring? So I am surprised. I definitely thought it would be just a quick quarantine fling, you know, just like the right place at the right time. And that place is Chicago. In a pandemic. Right, right. Again, I mean, they're thriving during quarantine, which can't really... Thriving. But anyway, (laughs) that aside, I don't know. I can't see him rushing into another engagement. I mean, it does seem way too soon. I think it would be way too sudden. He would get a lot of backlash for it. And I think that they are kind of the couple where... They don't really care about the backlash. I mean, he's kind of gotten a bunch on TikTok and stuff. And I feel like he kind of just left it off and just like moved forward. So if they were to get engaged, I don't think that they would really care what people thought. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it'll be that soon. Maybe even like a year from now. I don't, something tells me Christmas. Really? I'm a hot take. I know it's bold, but something about The Bachelor elevates relationships even when they're not filming anymore. And we saw when Jason Mesnick dumped Melissa to go back with Molly years ago. They were engaged like within the year of getting back together. Same thing with Ari and Lauren got engaged on the after the final rose after his thing with Becca. Like there's something about the way that this gets in your head, I think, that you feel like engagements are just on your mind. Maybe it's people like us asking them about it or Barb doing interviews with Life and Style about your future plans. But I, I feel like that I could just see Christmas Day waking up and the Peter Kelly engagement. I don't know why. I Something tells me. And I think that they might make it. I don't know. That makes sense. I could totally see him doing a big holiday and being like, hey, marry me, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's usually what they say. <laughs> I definitely think it would. it's going to have like a full... It would be subtle in that way, like with their families, because they're very family oriented. We saw, obviously we know Barb is whatever she would want to be there. And then maybe he could even get like a Neil Lane 
deal. And then maybe they would have an amazing photo shoot afterwards, bachelor style. But I think the proposal would be subtle and at home and they would have their Hollywood moment afterwards. But right. I do think we also have to consider the fact that they are quarantined together. So they are spending 24 seven together, which does kind of speed up the relationship in a way. Obviously, like a normal relationship, you know, in the beginning, you might see each other a couple times a week or something. They just kind of went in like full force. So I mean, I guess it is possible that, you know, in five or six months, we could have an engagement. Who knows? It would be crazy, but it also would be the perfect way to end 2020. I just feel like Peter starting the year engaged to Hannah Ann, but thinking about Madison and ending the year engaged to Kelly would just work for what this year has been. They're both 28, which is young, but a decent, a normal age, I feel like, to get engaged. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a fair time. I just cannot fathom two engagements in one year. (laughs) Yeah, but you're also not, you were not The Bachelor. Right, right. Our Van Dyke married Lauren, I think, within a year of his filming ending. Yeah, I think it was almost a year to the date. (laughs) Right, which is insane for us to think, but it's just like what this show does. So I don't know. It's easy to make fun of those two, and they give us the content to do so in their matching Hawaiian shirts and their golf cart TikToks and all that. But I think they're genuinely happy, and I think that that's kind of cool if it works out. It would all be worth it if they do get that Christmas engagement Hallmark style. For sure. Claire's season officially underway. Mike Fleiss confirmed on Twitter that Saturday was the first row ceremony. ABC released 40-something men that could potentially be Claire's husband. And I think they did this because they genuinely didn't know when they got there who was going to pass the coronavirus test and who wasn't. And I just have to say, first of all, imagine like being second string. And I wonder if they knew that they were the ones that, oh, you're only here if Brad C fails and has COVID. Sorry, Jeff. Or if they genuinely were going to like pick out of a hat. I want to know how they decided from those 40 men who was actually first top tier. And if those second tier people knew they were second tier or when they became second tier. It was also so interesting to me that they would release all 40 something when only like, what, probably 30 will actually make it into the cast. I feel like it's kind of awkward that they're putting these guys out there and they might not even end up on the show. I feel like they should have just waited until filming actually started and they had like the concrete cast. That is very interesting. We do know that Josh from Minneapolis, one of the guys, he posted an Instagram from his house that said, at the last minute, I was chosen not to be a part of this season's cast. Thank you for all the support. Like thanking the fans that I don't know if he necessarily has yet, which I saw on a Bachelor fan account. And then Alex B, he, so he posted COVID to Alex zero. So I was like, oh, one of Claire's contestants actually tested positive for coronavirus and won't be on the show. Like he looked like he was in a limo going home already. But then I followed up this morning and he went to Mexico. And people were like, why are you traveling to Mexico if you have coronavirus? And he said, I don't have corona. You guys figure out why I actually got sent home. And no, I didn't make it to the rose ceremony. It's all a mystery. So I think what this guy was actually saying was corona, because he wrote Alex zero corona two, meaning another point for corona, because even though he doesn't have the virus, the virus is what stopped him from getting on the show because he was second tier. Interesting. Yeah. So we know those are the two that I know for a fact didn't make the cut. There's still right. a bunch more that probably did. And it's interesting again to know because some of their Instagrams are floating around. People start looking it up. I'm not going to, you know, 
check every single day, which people are posting again. But it, it, th- those were the two that made it on the Bachelor fan pages that I follow. That will not I, be. I on did look weekend. on the the Bachelor at Facebook page this morning because that was where they had posted the forty whatever guys. And they took down the post, like they're not on there anymore, which is so interesting that they would be like, hey, these are the guys. And now like they kind of walked it back. So weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we know Claire's in her resort and we've seen pictures and we know that there was at least one rose ceremony. So this season is underway by looking at the pictures of the guys, which we had no information really about them. Did anyone stand out to you? Because I told you to pick three and I'm very curious to know if your three that are picked at random. We know nothing have, are, have match my three or have like any overlap. Okay. So you're going to yell at me for my first one. Why is it Josh from Minneapolis? No. So oh. I did pick Alex. <laughs> the one even, though, even though we know that he's out just because when I saw him at first, I felt like he would be the one that she would pick. I don't know. I feel like they have similar features. He is young. He's 28. But I feel like I could kind of see them vibing, which obviously, like we know now that didn't work out. But when I did see the cast initially, that was the one that I was like totally set on. So I had to kind of stay with him, even though I know, even though I know now that, you know, it didn't work out. Now he's in Mexico uh, living his best life after he was right. So I was completely wrong thinking this is going to be the guy. And now he's not even on. So (laughs) Um, who else? So the next one that I picked, I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Jason. Oh, I picked him too. Okay, so he's 31. He's from California. He has a little bit of a snaggle tooth. <laughs> uh, but to me, he kind of looks like a Tyler Cameron in five years. They kind of have, again, similar features. I don't know. I could kind of see him and Claire just kind of getting along. And he seems like, again, he is 31. He seems like he's more mature of some of the other people in the group. And again, we don't know a ton about them, but just judging off of their picture and their age and stuff. I don't know. I kind of got good vibes from him. You know why I picked him? Why? Because he's friends with Sheena Shea's boyfriend, Brock, from Vanderpump Rules. Oh, I didn't know that. Sheena said that on her podcast. And I feel like maybe, we you know, Sheena's dated some Bachelor people, Robbie. You know, she's, yeah. she's friends with Jasmine, who was on the episode with her. I feel like maybe they gave him some advice. And even if he's not necessarily right for Claire, Jason, which also quite the name, is yeah. definitely going to go far. And if he's not with Claire, we'll probably be a Paradise contestant or something down the line. And maybe if things don't work out with Sheena and Brock, bring Brock into Bachelor Nation. Oh. I'm just making yeah. full-on predictions. I got engagements on Christmas. I got that last, next year's Bachelor in Paradise cast. Like, I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean, Chasen is definitely going to be Chasen Paradise. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and who was your third one? Um, so I picked this guy named Dale. Stop! Um, so did, I. did you really? That yes. is so weird. <laughs> Dale from South Dakota. Yes. So I don't know where South Dakota is. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But he is also 31, like Jason. Um, he is light skinned. He has a very nice smile. He's beautiful. Um, yeah, I got a very like gentleman vibe from him. I could see him being a fan favorite, like another Mike Johnson or something like that. I don't know. Again, I just got good vibes from him. That is so weird that we picked That's two of the really same. Weird. Wow. If either if Jason or Dale have any sort of role in this season of The Bachelor, we are Raven Simone. Like we are like <laughs> my third one was Brandon from Cleveland, Ohio, because I think he's the best looking on the cast. He kind of looks like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's the love of my life of from Forty oh. Nineers. She loves a Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I love Jimmy G. I mean, love of my life is a bold statement. I say that about many people, but I love 
Jimmy G and he looks like Brandon and he's really cute. I think he's 28. There's any guy who I feel like was 28 or above has a shot. There was also a 40 year old man. I don't have his name, but he, I think he will go far too. But yeah, I mean, we're not going to spoil Claire's season, but I'll be watching to see if there's any major developments. I think I'm going to do a deep dive on the guys that we know at least make it onto the show and really dive into their Instagrams. But that's for another time because we need to get to Michelle money. But before we do, we need to talk about Becca and Garrett because you know, I've been on the case four months now. Yeah, You're like the lead investigator at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if anyone else is looking into it, but I, Sarah Heron, am on the case because we know that Becca and Garrett had a rough June when she was doing her podcast with Rachel talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and Garrett was posting his support for the police and She did that podcast where she got very emotional and said she doesn't know where their future stands and they're working on things at home and privately. And after that, on June 29th, Becca left with the dog to go to Minnesota. And she since then has been in Minnesota or Wisconsin for almost a month now. And Garrett is still in California. He's been going to his friend's weddings. He's been spending time with his family. I thought it was a pretty interesting thing or not a statement, but... Going to a wedding alone when you have a fiance is kind of telling, no? Right, yeah. And I remember Becca did that with Chris and Crystal. Remember? She oh, went yeah. to the wedding alone. And then like people were like, where's Garrett? And she kind of had to explain herself. That's interesting. So now like the roles are kind of switched, which is interesting. So maybe they just don't like being wedding dates. Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> apparently fine with it, which is like, okay for them. Like if that's what works, that works. Sure, sure. Um, (laughs) So if you look at their Instagram comments, every single person in Bachelor Nation is flooding. Every time they post anything, it's, are you still with Garrett? Are you still with Becca? I'm so disappointed in you. I need this. Like people are really flooding their Instagram comments with questions and they both pretty much just ignored them overall. But Becca got fed up a little bit a couple days ago and she posted a picture with her niece and someone responded, some girls just self destruct in relationships. And Becca clapped back and said, OMG, please write an advice book for all us girls who apparently can't handle ourselves in our own relationships. We definitely need a man to tell us how to act. Face palm emoji. And then someone wrote, so disappointed in you. And she wrote, I'm so, capital letters, sorry that by me spending an afternoon with my niece makes you upset. Shrug emoji. So again, avoiding the, are you with Garrett? What happened questions, but clapping back and Garrett commented cute photo twinning or something. And we know she has commented on pictures of him with his family and his nephews. So what do you think? Again, we don't know. This is all just based on me stalking their Instagram comments and being annoying, but are they taking a break, but still on good terms? Are they just not ready to talk about it? So they're ignoring that, but she got fed up. What does your gut tell you? I do feel bad for Becca that she is getting, and Garrett, I guess, <laughs> that they're like getting flooded. That. Yeah, that they're getting flooded with all these comments and stuff. Because I feel like, and again, this is just my theory, I feel like they are taking some time apart. I don't think that they're officially broken up. I think they're trying to just giving each other space, just figuring things out, staying in contact, whether it's through actual phone calls and texts or just Instagram comments. But I feel like they're kind of just trying to figure things out and they don't really know where they stand. So the constant pressure of people being like, hey, give us an update is probably so much for them. And it's just only making things harder. But I feel like they probably are still together, like technically just kind of trying to see like where things, you know, go. I totally agree. I mean, I think spending a month away from your significant other after a kind of public fight disagreement is telling 
but I don't think that means they're like totally over. I'm sure they are getting space and it is probably hard to answer questions that you don't even know the answer to. That being said, I thought it was interesting that she did kind of hit her breaking point to respond to certain people. And I don't know, I, I'll, I'll still be watching to see if she ever comes back to California. Yeah. That's the other thing. I mean, I've said from the beginning, not that she should not post, like do whatever you want, but at the same time, you you posting clearly not with Garrett all the time and him posting clearly not with you all the time, it does fuel speculation. So if they do want people to stop asking, they wouldn't make do Instagram stories all the time about where they are without the other person. So as much as I do feel bad and it's not necessarily fair, they are a public bachelor couple and they are posting nonstop, just not with each other. So right. I'll be on Especially- the case. Especially on Garrett's end, I feel like before all of this, he would post a lot of like Instagram stories and stuff of Becca, but I feel like he didn't really do like a ton of posts on his actual feed. And I feel like he's been doing a lot lately, like of him, like, you know, whether he's like fishing or just like doing whatever he does. I agree. Um, And I feel like he's kind of posting more than he usually does, which is kind of weird to me. I totally agree. I mean, Becca, I feel like is posting the same amount that she always did. She was always pretty active, whether it was a post or a story. But it's interesting that Garrett has kind of amplified his posts. Yeah. And I mean, her being gone for so long also fuels my speculation that he spent the weekend with the dog before because (laughs) she was about to take the dog, which I did call that. Just throwing that out there. But I'll be watching these two. We'll be seeing if and when they actually address this relationship speculation. But for now, we're going to go back in time and we're going to talk to Michelle Money, who, like I said, gave me updates on Brielle, her current boyfriend, talked all about the therapy she did to get over The Bachelor, how she was able to forgive producers and go on Bachelor in Paradise, her money method, which was her self-esteem makeup course, which is awesome, and so much more. So here is my chat with Michelle Money. So you were open on Instagram, which I loved about how you felt the second you found out that Brad's season was going to be revisited on this Bachelor Goat show. So talk me through that moment. You know, it's so funny. Like, as every year goes on, people forget more and more. And it's like, and I forget how crazy that time was and how intense it was and a lot of scrutiny that was involved with all of it. And so it was so, when I got the call that they were going to be doing my season um, of the greatest of all time, I was like, (laughs) I was more, I was mortified. I was, I was upset. I got like severe anxiety just going like, oh my gosh, like we have to relive that. Like, cause I was also on Bachelor Pad and Bachelor in Paradise. And I feel like they gave me the edit that was true to who I was. But the Bachelor in particular was just brutal for me. So it was a lot of anxiety. And it's been a lot of anxiety up until, you know, tonight when they air the, the episode. I was going to ask you, what was your favorite of all of those to film, by the way? Because Justice for Bachelor Pad, I wanted them to bring that back. <laughs> Girl, Bachelor Pad was the most fun, hands down, to to film, to be a part of. I think that show is hands down the best they've ever done. I totally agree. And it's like, was a little less about, I mean, it was about the relationships, but it was a little more fun and lighthearted, whereas Bachelor in Paradise got very serious kind of quick. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Lots of pressure. Yes. So have you revisited any of Brad's season yet? Have you seen any of the clips or, yeah, did you watch? I watched, I watched, I watched the episode last night. So it's been so interesting because my journey with the show has really come from like this really difficult time in my life to like this beautiful unfolding that for me has been such a blessing in my life. Like I look back on that time and as cringy as it is, it really helped mold me into the person that I am 
today. And so I really wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't take anything back. So as I watched the season, the little clips of me and stuff, you know, yesterday, it was funny. I had a lot more self-acceptance than I thought I would because I have been so hard on myself and on the producers and on everyone involved because it was such, it felt like such a personal attack on, on me. And not that I wasn't like totally arrogant and like overly confident, but I was also like barely 30 years old. And I had just kind of walked away from my very conservative religion of the Mormon church and kind of got divorced and kind of was just kind of finding my footing and my confidence and kind of stepping into my own kind of my own sexuality as a woman and feeling very liberated with where I was in life. And that definitely yeah. played out in the entire season. <laughs> like <laughs> I was a little too confident. But, you know, having said that, as 10 years later, as I look back, I'm like, gosh, I kind of missed that part of me. Like there, there was part of that version of me that kind of became quiet and kind of became small because of kind of the backlash that I received. And it was interesting to, to look back and be like, wow, I've come a long way. And there's also parts where I'm like, gosh, I kind of miss that aspect of myself. That's so interesting. I yeah. think it's also interesting because when you look at the Bachelor franchise overall, this sort of quote unquote villain, whatever you want to call it, edit that people get, there's kind of two types of ways it can go, right? Because it's someone who's somewhat just bold and aggressive and knows what they want, which is technically the point of the show. But it's also the person that we tend to kind of criticize. So it doesn't necessarily make sense. Girl, it's taken so much therapy to like kind of unfold all what all of that is packed into because as women, we are standing up more, kind of stepping into our sexuality and owning our full selves a lot more wholly. And I think that back then I was kind of, in a way, a representative of that with in an era that that wasn't really common. And so it did, I was very polarizing. People either like loved it or hated it. (laughs) Where now, I think if you were to take my character from then and plop it into a season currently, I don't think it would be as frowned upon. Yeah, it's weird. You never know the reaction people are going to get because someone like a Corinne maybe was kind of bold, but led with her sexuality, but we found her endearing in a way, but then other times, I also feel just as like a viewer, where, what is my job to know when we're poking fun and when we're taking it too far? And it's, it's weird. And in 2020, you think we would be better at it, but sometimes we kind of fall for it still. So true. And even as someone who has been, you know, that person that everyone was judging, it's easy for me to watch it sometimes and be like, whoa, girl. And you're like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Like, it's interesting how the show has this way of making you feel like it's okay to, to judge all these people, you know, yeah. and you have to just, you have to check yourself all the time when you watch it. Cause it's like, wow, these people are putting themselves out there. And in those circumstances in particular, it brings out the worst in you. And so it's a really, really hard lens to look through when you've never experienced like being on a reality show like that. But um, yeah, we do have, we have to check ourselves. When you were filming the season, did you have any idea that you were going to be the controversial one? No. In fact, I remember writing in my diary on on the flight home and thinking, I'm going to be the girl who misses her daughter so much, who's always crying because she misses her daughter, and who's taking this seriously because if it's not going to work out, I want to get home to my daughter. You know, and then when the show airs, 
they show nothing of my daughter or my relationship with her or how hard it was to be away from her. It was almost like Emily was the single mother, so we didn't need another totally. single mother, which yeah. nothing, she didn't control the narrative either. Yeah, but. yeah for sure. Yeah, I was really upset by a lot of things that happened. And one thing, like, for example, you'll see tonight on the, on the show, they show my exit and make it look like I just get into the limo and don't say a word to Brad. And then I lay down in the limo and drive away. And that's not what happened. I had this great conversation with Brad. It was really beautiful and very kind. And it was this really great closure for me and him. And I got into the car and I had this interview with the producers and everything was fine. And then I get really car sick. So I laid down. So that's why you laid down. Because <laughs> I get extremely car Anyone who knows me knows this. So I got really car sick and laid down. And it's just like, of course, they just cut everything out and make it look like I just didn't want to talk to him. And it was just things like that. That's just one example of multiple, multiple things that were edited completely contradictory to what really happened. And how did you get to the point where not only watching it, because you accepted it, but then to come go back to the show? Because and I'm glad you did. And you definitely kind of have had like a fun evolution. It's been great to watch you. But how did you even allow yourself to go back? Well, to be really honest with you, the producers really had to convince me. And I had kind of a list of requirements that I needed. Like they were, they flew my parents and my daughter out every weekend so I could see them. I, did, I never went longer than five days without seeing my daughter when filming Bachelor Pad. And it was a lot of convincing. And I think for me, it was like I wanted to believe that they would because I had, they were, they were very apologetic about it. I mean, I had emails from the executive producer apologizing about over editing me and, you know, it was just a lot of trust. A lot of it was just trust and wanting to be able to be seen for who I really was. And I knew I wouldn't get that opportunity again. That's so true too. And it's like, I also find it so fascinating with the contestants because a lot of them may stay good friends with producers or Chris Harrison or the show and they have a good relationship with the show, even when they kind of feel burned by it. So is it just like a bachelor thing where you kind of have to outweigh the good and the bad? I think a lot of it is. Like, I think for me, I was like, listen, I signed this contract, signing away all of my rights. Like I gave them permission to do that. And I have to take ownership for that, right? I can sit and blame and point fingers all day, but- The truth is, is this is what I signed up for. And I never thought it would happen to me, but it is. This is the way this show works. So I think I really had to take ownership of that pretty quickly. But then there's also this incredible platform that comes from being on the show and the friendships that are made and the life experiences that are created because of it. And so it's really hard to to slap the hand that fed you when you are really, my life has been so blessed because of the show. I wouldn't go back and change a thing. So it's this, you have to really reconcile that within yourself and take responsibility where you can, and then kind of use the pain that you've been, that you've gone through and turn it into power. And that's exactly what I did with my master your money looks course that I teach online, where I take the things that I, that have been so hard for me in my life. And now I teach that to women and teach them how to transform that pain into power. And so again, it's like, I've been able to help thousands and thousands of women by going through this very public scrutiny on, on my season of the bachelor. So I really have nothing. I mean, I'm I'm very grateful for the whole thing. I was going to say, I love everything you've done with money method and all that stuff, because it's like about 
part of it is about like makeup and tips because you're beautiful and have great ideas. But another part of it's about self-esteem and using all of that to kind of be the best version of yourself. So do you think you would have ever even come up with that without the show? I mean, no, I don't believe I, because I think that, you know, the money method is based on five principles. The M is mind your own business. The O is own your truth. The N is now is where your power is. The E is every single thought matters. And the Y is you choose happiness. And I'm telling you, those five things kind of came from multiple life experience, life experiences that I went through that were painful, but really a, a big chunk of it came from what I went through on the show. And so, and I believe so wholeheartedly in what I'm teaching and how, and, it, and, and how it's changed women's lives. And so for me, I'm like, gosh, maybe that was what I needed to go through to get to where I'm at now, where I can help so many women kind of find that inner confidence within them through outer beauty, which makeup and all this stuff is so fun, but through, mm-hmm. especially through that inner self-acceptance and self-love. Yeah, that's amazing. Going back to the show, what is your fondest memory of filming Brad's season? Because <laughs> I thought it wasn't fun at first before you watched it. Every single second of it was just such such an amazing experience. I think the, the rose ceremony nights were always so fun. The cocktail parties were so fun. Getting dressed up and helping everyone with their hair and makeup. I mean, I have some of the best memories with those women that I am so grateful for. And, and they have all continued to teach me so many life lessons, you know, as we stayed in touch throughout the years, the dates were always awkward and, but we somehow made it fun. I mean, everything, the relationships that were built there, I cherish. That's, that's always nice to hear too. So it is fun. It's just sometimes scary to watch back. For sure. <laughs> With Brad overall, I'm still sort of, I know it's like been a decade, but I can't believe they even brought him back. Like I, at the time, did you have any idea it was going to be him? Oh. No, I was hoping it would be him because I heard there were rumors and I was, I was 30, I turned 30 years old on the show. So I was older when I went on the show. And so I was hoping for an older man. I mean, my boyfriend now is 10 years older than me. So like, I love, I've always wanted someone that was older and more mature. So yeah, I was, I was excited that it was Brad. And did you, what did you think of his like transformation? He's still a very good looking dude on the, I was kind of like taken back. I was like, Oh, Brad, there he is. I know. He, you know what? I, it's like he fell off the face of the earth. I have not seen him. I have not heard of him for so long. And it was so good to see him happy. And it looks like he found an amazing partner. And he really is such, he's a great, great guy. I mean, I, I never felt like I really got to know him on like a really more intimate level. Like it was always very kind of surfacey for, for us. But what I got to know, he really is. He's a great guy. Yeah, that that's good. I think it was that was also like a pure, more a little bit more pure time of maybe when we were picking yeah. up the feed. They weren't quite getting as much out of it as they are now. So there was something okay. so pure about season For sure. 13. For sure. Did your has your boyfriend seen any clips of you on the show? Absolutely not. I I'm like Mike. You are not allowed to watch this. This is like off limits. It's just so mortifying because I'm in this beautiful healthy, loving, committed relationship. And all the scenes that they're showing are like us making out and like being so sexual. And you're just like, oh my God. Like I am mortified about the whole thing. Has Brielle seen any of it? No, no. 
she has not again totally mortified off limits like no that's so funny do you want to get married again or are you guys good with you know what mike and i have this mutual beautiful commitment with each other where we just want to be life partners he's been married before i've been married before what we have is so holy and beautiful. And he's, he gave me a ring and got down on a knee and asked me to be his forever girlfriend. Like we That's so are cute. totally committed to each other. We just, for us, we do not, at, at least for now, do not want to do the marriage thing. Yeah. So Does that works. So probably, no, I know it works for us. I know that's not how everyone feels, but yeah, we just, this is, this is where we're at. So reality TV overall has, you know, been a wild ride for you. And I assume, you know, you're not planning on a money family reality show anytime soon, but there is Housewives in Utah now. And I know you believe it. You would be iconic. Oh, it would be the worst thing you've ever seen. I would be the one like saging everybody being like everyone, like, let's just meditate this out. Let's just deep breath. Let's cut back on the alcohol. Let's like spend less on the Gucci and more on like... (laughs) Giving back, I wouldn't be, I'm not the right candidate for that show. But we need, you know, people to balance each other out. I don't know. I'm still for it. So I'm just throwing it out there. Andy Cohen, if you're listening. I'm so excited to watch though. I'm friends with a few of the girls that are on the show and they're awesome, amazing women. But yeah, like I definitely don't fit that casting description at all. But yeah, it's going to be fun to have the series here. Were you able to go back to watching reality TV if you were at all interested in it after your initial experience on the show? Did it kind of taint it for you or were you not interested anyway? It's, it definitely tainted a lot of things for me. I went on to do marriage boot camp with my ex-boyfriend, Cody, and, and it was so interesting to be with other reality stars who were on shows that were not like The Bachelor. And I didn't realize until then that The Bachelor is its own thing. Like, there's a reason they came out with the series Unscripted. Is that what it's called? Unreal, I think. Unreal, unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the so much of the way that that show, that The Bachelor works, is grooming, manipulation. I am, so we went into this show thinking that's kind of how reality shows work. Well, after we were done filming, my season was with like Tara Reed and Toya. I don't even remember all their names, but they were like, there was this big fight that me and Tara Reed got into. And I was like so upset by the whole thing. And then after we were done filming, they're like, girl, the producers told us that we needed to bring on more drama. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) They just like pulled you aside and said, we need drama, go pick on Michelle. Cause that is not how it works on The Bachelor. They do not. They do not do that. It's not like you guys, we need drama because we need ratings. So go figure something out. And apparently that's what happens on a lot of these reality shows. So the bachelor is more of a subtle, like kind of talking and getting your head in your head. The producers just manipulate and create, and they ask you the questions when they know they already know the answer they want. So they formulate the question according to what they need. So it's like all in the background of what they're doing is just manipulating for Mm -hmm. sure. Where other reality shows are like, guys, we need to fight, bring it on. That's so interesting too, because it's just like watching the show. There's something to be said for, you want to believe in the love story of it because it does work. And then the other times and you're like, how could this even work? It's just a weird, complicated world. I know. I mean, I was told every interview, Brad loves how confident you are. You can tell you guys have something so unique that he does not have with anyone else. Bring on the confidence, all of it. And so I'm just like, all right. I'm just going to be me and be confident and then come to find out 
they're using that to make me look overly aggressive and not showing any of the softer sides of me or any of the compassionate like conversations or softness that I also embody. So that's a, that's what I think it is. It's, it's these characters, you can be well, well-rounded because you can still be that confident side of you. But if we saw the softer side of you, then it would just make it more sense. Be so put off by it, right? Like it right. would be like a little bit more. And that's what was hard because the people who know me found it to be really funny and couldn't figure out why everyone was so upset, but it's because they know me where for anyone who's only getting like one aspect of who you are shoved in your face, in their face with creepy music playing and like cut up edited conversations. It's like, yeah. It's 2020. We can have our well-rounded reality stars now. I know. I know. Crazy. Do you think that, do you still watch the show first of all? I don't. Okay. You had to. Not because I don't love it. I just don't, I don't watch TV very often at all. It's just not something I want to do in my head. Because no. I was just going to, I was wondering if you thought maybe like there was some sort of acceptance now for more of the like bold character. But then I think about like Olivia from Ben Higgins season. She kind of had a similar thing where she yeah. was calling herself Mrs. Higgins. You know, you called yourself Brad's wife. It's all like in jest. Yeah. yeah, totally. But we're still reacting the same way, but we're moving a little bit. I don't know. It, it's weird. I know. It is all, it's all weird. And I think so much of it just has to do with how, I think how beautiful the woman is. Like when you have a beautiful confident women like Olivia saying things like that, it can come across as like, it can be very off-putting. I don't know. Like there's so many things that go into how we judge someone. It's really hard. It's hard to know. Totally. Did you ever figure out how you got that black eye, by the way? I, have no <laughs> I, I keep thinking like, I'm going to have a dream that's going to come to me or something. No, I'm, it was 100% alcohol induced. <laughs> that's fair. I don't remember it because I was drinking. No clue. That's so funny. I know you don't watch the show you said, but Claire, you know. <sighs> Tell me about Claire. Why is Claire going to be an amazing bachelorette? Well, here's the deal with Claire. Claire is a grown woman who has never been one to sacrifice her standards or her beliefs or what she knows she's deserve, deserving of for anyone or anything. So I think the reason Claire is going to be such a great bachelorette is she she's not going to put up with a lot. I mean, She's, this is maybe, this is her fifth time with The Bachelor. Something like that. Yeah. So she's, she knows how this show works and she isn't going to put up with crap. I don't think she's going to put up with crap from the men. And I also don't think she's going to put up with crap from the producers. So I think it's going to be a different kind of show because Claire's going to stand up for what she wants and what she needs. And so I think it's going to be good TV. I think so too. I'm also really intrigued by this whole resort situation. I think that's yeah. kind of a fun twist that they totally. are. It's not even going to feel like they're stuck in the same place because I'm sure it's huge with a thousand pools, but yeah. it's, it's another plot twist. They have to keep the show evolving because it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, which does that surprise you also? I don't know. I think the reason this is going to be, well, I, th- I, I talked to Claire like last week and I thought it was interesting that she didn't care that they weren't traveling. And that's just what she's like, I would rather have time with these guys. I mean, because when you travel, you've got to pack up, you've got to get on a plane. And she's like, I like that it's not so much traveling and it's more like we get to be here and we get to really get to know each other. You know, for her, it's not about, it really isn't about like this opportunity to go travel the world and meet all the, have all these incredible dates. She's like, no, this is fine. Let's just do this. And we'll like, let's figure this out, which I thought was really mature. 
Yeah. And it goes to show you like she, that is what she is here to do is really, she wants to find that man and she wants to have babies and you know, she's, she's ready. I think I'd feel a little cheated if I didn't get my, my all expense trips. Be like, nope, we're going to wait till the coronavirus is over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're making it work also because we need new bachelor content. You know, this is my job. Like, <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what if someone gets the Rona? That's going to be so dramatic. And like, I just, there's going to be so many different directions the show could go. A hundred and ten percent. I'm yeah. very excited to watch yeah. it. Will you watch Claire since you're friends? Oh, or are you absolutely. Gonna... Okay. I will watch every single episode. Yes. You'll have I'm to sorry. come back and you'll have to give me yeah. your inside what Claire was really right. thinking. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Totally. Obviously, Brielle had a very serious accident a few yeah. months ago. How is she doing? And oh, oh. so nice to ask. We are so grateful. She's doing so. She's right here. She's peeking through the door. <laughs> Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. She's so bad. <laughs> I loved your post about finding a balance between being a friend and a mom because, and I was just wondering, like, is that something that was that kind of like, obviously there's a million takeaways, I'm sure that came from that, but that was that like your biggest, like besides wear a helmet, of course. Besides wear a helmet. I think for me, it was like this wake up call for single parents to be like, listen, I know we only get our kids 50% of the week, 50% of our life. And we don't want to fight. We don't want to argue. We don't want to be like, you just don't, you get your kids and you just want to love on them and you want them to have everything in the world. And I think, you know, especially when you're blending families, like with Mike and I moving in together and you just kind of want everything to be easy. And, and, you know, that day that Brielle got in the accident, I said to her, Brielle, put your helmet on. She said, no, mom, I'm, I'm a professional longboarder. And I'm like, no, you're not. Put the helmet on. And the truth is, I knew she wasn't going to do it. And I still let her go. And because I didn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. So when you're laying there and your daughter's on her deathbed and you as a mother are like, I should have put the helmet on her head, strapped it in and said, you wear the helmet or you don't go. And that was this wake up call for me. Like, whoa things have got to change. And they have, I mean, Braille's just like, what happened to my mom? I mean, we had, we did, we had this emotional like conversation one night where she's just like, I just feel like things are different. And I'm like, Brie, they have to be like, I, I love you so much. And I have not shown up for you the way that I need to as your mother. And so we have to make some changes. I like, I have to show up differently in your life because you are my responsibility and I don't ever want to be put in this situation again. So yeah, things have drastically changed and we have pulled back on her screen time. We've pulled back on her curfew. We've pulled back. I mean, all the things I wanted to do, but never wanted to fight with her about mm-hmm. it was like, we're raining this in and her dad and I are both really on the same page with all of it. It was kind of like we were able to push reset a little bit. And fortunately we were lucky enough to where Brielle walked out of the hospital alive and we got the chance to kind of reparent her where a lot of people don't get that opportunity and live with regret their whole life. And I'm like, I will not live in regret. I won't. And so things have been a little bit more strict around here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it changes you. Going through something like that changes you. And I would say that is the biggest change for me. I mean, does she even like remember like being in? Wow. It's so bizarre. Brain injuries are so interesting. She has, she does not remember the accident. She doesn't remember the day before the accident. She has very few memories 
of her 26 days in the hospital. Wow, 26 um, days. Yeah, in a coma for 10 days. And then, yeah, the rest was her kind of like slowly coming out of the coma and rehabbing. And she doesn't even really remember much of it. Wow. And where she is now, she's full, like functioning, just... Yeah, everything's the only, you know, brain injuries take at least a year to fully recover from. And so um, it's only been a few months. So she's still struggling with short-term memory. (laughs) One of the funny side effects is like, she seems to have lost her filter. (laughs) She's just like saying these things and you're just like, Brielle, (laughs) filters are really important in life and we need to learn how to use those. So she's kind of just been like extra funny and extra like inappropriate. I and love that though. Like we're all like, all right, kid. But outside of that, you know, as we're about to go back into the school year, it'll be a whole another set of mm-hmm. challenges for us because we're not entirely sure how she's going to do with multiple classes and multiple like, you know, studying and, and just her brain isn't quite ready for all that. So it's going to be a, a little bit of a challenge this, this fall. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's yeah, nice. but but she's walking. She's talking great. She's there's no physical other than her head that was shaved. She's got her hair was buzzed, so she's got a fun little hairdo going on. But no, she's we really are so blessed to have had such a great outcome. That's incredible. I mean, I really I did feel like Bachelor Nation was definitely. Oh, we were all checking her Instagram. I was like, I want to make sure she's okay. I will never get over the love and the support that I received from so many strangers all over the world and the people that prayed for Brielle and prayed for us, it will never, ever, ever be forgotten. And I really do believe it is what helped her pull through all of this. So I'm eternally grateful. Wow. That's an amazing spot to end. But before I let you go, tell me more about what else you're up to and money method and how people can get involved and all that yeah, stuff. I am so excited to kind of relaunch my course. I've worked really hard at my messaging and the makeup part, which is so fun. So I, people can sign up at michellemoney.com. It's the master your money look course. And I am really proud of it. And I really believe that Women need to hear how stepping into your power and just owning those, owning all of the aspects of who you are, give you so much more self-acceptance, which in turn equates to confidence. And I think that's what most women are really looking for is confidence. And I think it really comes from kind of looking at the parts of our life that we're not proud of, the parts of our life that we want to show up differently. And so this course will not only help you master your makeup look, which is also really important in confidence. Mm-hmm. It will help you to, to really feel beautiful on the inside. So um, yeah, go to michellemoney.com. Um, more info on my Instagram at michellemoney. So. That's awesome. What was your go- What was your like in quarantine that you couldn't get your makeup done? What was your thing that you were most concerned about? Because <laughs> I mean, you're awesome at makeup, obviously. Well, one thing that I learned through quarantine is that I don't like to wear makeup as much as... I have backed off on my makeup a lot and it feels very freeing for me. Um, so it's, it's funny. Like I definitely am not promoting that we all need to wear makeup to feel beautiful. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Once you start feeling beautiful on the inside, you definitely don't feel like you need to, to wear makeup. So yeah, my whole makeup routine has kind of shifted into just a lot more natural and a little bit more simple and, yeah, I'm trying to tr- I'm trying to transition over to all of my products being Beauty Counter. Have you heard of Beauty Counter? No. It's like all organic, natural products, very clean for the face. So I've really liked their stuff. Just keeping it awesome. simple. 
Steve, as this is no villain, she's trying to teach you about your confidence. If you look at me, I'm an angel. Where's my halo? She's wearing no. white. She's got great eyebrows. She's an angel. Like, listen, but as, I feel like for me, it really has been all about just accepting all of the sides of who I am. And the second you start doing that, it doesn't have a hold on you and it frees you up to just be like, oh, I'm just a human living this beautiful experience on life of life. And I am a villain and I am many other things too, you know? So it's been this beautiful journey of kind of like self-exploration and just like forgiveness and grace and all of it. And so, um, yeah, and I think so much of it happened because of my experience on the show. So I'm forever grateful. Okay, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Us Weekly's Bachelor Podcast, Here for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and come back next week for another dose of Bachelor drama.